0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've
3: been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You
4: got to make some phone calls.
3: Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller.
4: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. So glad that you could join me today. What a glorious day it is in fact. This is the call-in show for the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, the call-in number is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, and so we're just going to kick this thing off old school with our buddy garrett what's going on garrett
5: just wanted to share a fun fact for february 6th okay 12 years ago today number 12 won super bowl for the green bay packers um and i can't believe it's been 12 years ago but crazy I remember sitting in my living room with my two sons watching that game and uh cheering them on and uh how time flies but uh Yeah, 12 years ago today, guys. 12 years ago today. If uh, A Rod was going to retire, today would have been a really good day to do it. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. Have a good one, Ryan.
4: It's crazy, too, because I, I feel like all of us thought for sure there were many more to come, you know? I would have certainly appreciated it much more if I had known. Um, I mean I don't get me wrong I appreciate it and I'm sure we all did. It was such a crazy whirlwind of a uh, of a season in terms of just not really expecting to win those games, you know, we're not even sure if we were going to get into the playoffs and then you got the Eagles and blah 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 and um like I said by the time we got to the Steelers I just expected to win cuz it was there was no way we were about to lose. Um but it would have been nice to kind of I don't know same with the Super Bowl in the 90s, even though I did appreciate that because, you know, I'd never seen the Super Bowl and I know we were kind of always the underdogs. Not that year in particular, we were the top team in football. But still, I mean, for years, we we're kind of like that, kind of like we are now or, or were last year or whatever. You're kind of that like third, fourth, fifth team, but never the favorite. Um, and so to get to that point and just, you know, you get that kickoff return for a touchdown that sticks out in my mind. Um just, just, I, I don't know. I just wish I could have, I feel like I should have been just screaming and running up and down the streets. I remember I was with my old boss, Will, at his house, and it was the Steelers, and his <laughs> his girlfriend or wife or whatever at the time had formerly dated a Steelers fan, so I think uh, they had had a Troy Polamalu jersey or something, and so we had a celebratory burning of that jersey, which is a little unfair because he's a good dude, but whatever. Um, but you had the um, the Little Wayne song. Oh, dude, it was it was just such an awesome time. It really was. But I, I just I just did not appreciate it enough. I mean, I would lose my freaking mind if we won the Super Bowl. If we had if it had been this year, I mean, I'd be my, my I'd be locked up. I'd be in a straitjacket because I'd have been running up and down the street, no shoes, just screeching. Just wish I'd enjoyed it a little bit more. I was excited. Don't get me wrong, but. Had I known how much of a struggle it would be for the next 12 years. And then after 12 years of thinking like it's coming, it's right around the corner. Here it comes. One, like this is the year, like 12 years of feeling like it's right there. It's just leaving. You know what I mean? Like, just like that, it's gone. Like, what do you mean it's gone? Like, I I, I don't understand. We we were supposed to have another one. It It was right at our fingertips. How could it just be gone? I don't understand. So I don't know, man. We'll get there.
2: Hey, Ryan. It's Seth. Hey. I am uh, thinking about the draft today, and uh, specifically, uh, and I would watched his highlights, but it's been a little while. I went back and watched them today, and uh, I mean, holy crap, that dude's good. He is, uh, I found this highlight. Seth? Seth?
4: What's going on, man? Oh, we got something yeah.
2: here. Just a normal broken tackle. And that dude is making some serious shifty moves. But I—I uh, was uh, I watching him. He's got—he's got pretty decent size, and he's a stronger than his size is. He's definitely got speed, and then like you know, quickness, elusiveness—not just straight line speed. And mm-hmm. that dude is so shifty. But the thing that impressed me most about him is his vision. That dude bounces it when he should bounce it, and he also cuts it back inside when he should cut it back inside. There's a lot of running backs that they, like, have a specific type of run they like, and uh, they're always bouncing it out or they're always cutting it back in, you know, and uh, he's doing whatever is best for the play, whatever the defense gives him. Man, that dude is falling out, and uh, I think I've changed my previous opinion on don't take a running back. Yeah. Too high. If he's there at 15, I want the Packers to take him. And uh, you just don't pass up talent like that. I don't care if that means we uh, have three great running backs next year or if we move on from someone early. I and mean, he can catch the ball too. Line him or Aaron Jones up in the slot. We don't really have a great slot guy. You know, I don't have two running back packages all the time and rotate it between three of them. I don't care how we do it, but I just don't think we pack up talent like that. And, uh, I know running backs are diamond dime a dozen, but top tier running backs are yeah. not a dime a dozen. You yeah, know, I'm I talking agree. Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, you know, probably about it. And, uh, Alvin Kamara. Well, at least in the past, I don't know about last year. But I so I think we take him. And I actually think we've been pretty good over the years at finding offensive line talent deeper in the draft. So I have.
4: Hanging I think, I think our old line has there happened
2: last year that we need. Could we use some improvements? Sure. But I think we can make a one or two potential improvements and then just have growth with the young guys, like especially Zach Tom and think we could do really well. Anyways, that that was my, uh, that's why I called in. And I just, uh, Man, I love Dijon Robinson. I yes. really hope
4: we get him. All right. Yeah, and that's where I struggle too because I, I intellectually I understand it's probably not the right decision to make, but I agree, man. It's It's hard because you look at all these other players and you say they're good, but they're not like that just generational. And, you know, that's an overused term, but once every five to 10 years type of prospect. I just, I don't know that there is that in this draft class, aside from Bijan. I genuinely mean that. I don't think any of the quarterbacks are on the level of, um, you know, those five to 10 year type of thing. None of them are. None of the pass rushers, none of the defensive tackles, none of the wide receivers. Bijan Robinson is the only one that you look at and say, we haven't seen a guy like this probably since Saquon. And, you know, maybe you could say Michael Mayer, maybe, maybe, But not really, because Kyle Pitts, I think, was better. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's it's a good tight end class, but Bijan is like that dude. And the fact that the Packers never get the best player in a draft, that just doesn't happen. And I know it's just a running back, but it's so hard to say, we can get the best player. Forget positional value for a second. The fact that he's the best player in the draft, in my opinion. I'm just going to throw it out there. I think he is. In terms of, you know, if you stack him up to the last 10 years of of running back talent, he's, I don't know, third or fourth or something? Second? I don't know. He's really high. You take Anderson at the pass rush position in the last 10 years, he's like 15th. Every year there's a guy like that, and I think he's significantly worse than most. Same with the defensive tackle, and again, I haven't looked a ton into him, but I don't know. I kind of the the little bit I watched them months ago or even last year when everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you think these two guys are good that went last year? Wait until next year." I watched them like, mm, I'd rather have Wyatt to be completely honest with you. And I'm probably wrong about that, but um there's not that just jaw-dropping talent aside in my mind from Bijan. And so to your point, when a guy like that comes across your path, it's so hard to say, nah, we're not going to take that top-tier guy because data and analytics say this, that, or the other. It's just like, yeah, I know, but we just never get a chance to get those guys. Now, you can accidentally—I shouldn't say accidentally, but you can you can get these—you know, for example, the the Minnesota Vikings got Justin Jefferson. Well, that wasn't the number one overall pick or even a top-ten pick. You just kind of stumbled into it, or even Devontae Adams was a second-round pick. But you know what I'm saying, these prospects that are coming out of college that you look at and go, dude, freak among freaks. I mean, Rashawn was a little bit that way, but it was a little bit different because it was like, yeah, he's a super freak, but he's got some rawness and he didn't really have the production in college, et cetera, et cetera. So we were able to kind of get a discount for those reasons. He fell for those reasons. But this is just straight up like, no, he's a freak for sure. Everybody knows it, but he's a running back is the only reason. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm still of the mind that we probably shouldn't. I don't think it's the prudent thing to do, but I a hundred percent understand where you're coming from, where it's like, dude, when you get a talent like this that falls into your lap, just do it.
3: Hey Brian, it's Brian. Hey. I'm calling mid podcast again, so who knows if I'll call back now. But uh he's talking about Running backs and the draft. And my, my thought is a little something different. Um, I'm curious, and there might be more research, or maybe it's a show for later in the season, but what positions, uh, either in your recollection or with the data, um, translate well in free agency? And what I mean by that is we always we see a lot of receivers who are incredible, and then they're signed in free agency and they're not. Yeah. Um, you know, do linemen translate well from one team to another uh do linebackers do safeties, uh or what positions don't possibly? um so I'm serious, the reason I think of that is my thought process with a wide receiver position is I want a veteran in that room um whether it's Alan Lazar coming back because I know it's very Unlikely, um, or getting a crazy name like an Odell Beckham. But either way, I think we need a veteran in the wide receiver room. Uh, Trading for a Michael Pittman, I don't know if that's veteran enough, but somebody who's not a second or first-year receiver, who's there just to kind of lead them the way Jordy had – uh, James Jones and Devontae had Jordy and Cobb and so on and so on down the line. Uh, I still think, you know, second-year receivers need that veteran in the room. Um, so that's my thought. I want to know. I know we don't have a lot of money, but are there any positions you think we should go at in free agency before the draft? Thanks, Ryan. Well,
4: there's kind of two separate things going on, I, I think, in your question. Um, one of which is pretty research intensive. It's a good question. I I just, I can't do it on the spot right now. Um, And I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's anything that comes to mind that would kind of make sense and I can't really think of anything. But to my knowledge, there isn't like a position that tends to translate better. Um, I mean, a a cop-out answer would be, I'm guessing if there was some kind of data we would have kind of heard about it or maybe seen some kind of a trend in the league, I, I I don't know. But as far as a veteran presence, and I've seen a few people kind of reference maybe we should keep Randall because we need some kind of a veteran uh, voice in the locker room. I'm not super opposed to that, but I think given everything we've been talking about, there should be some kind of a caveat, and that would be a veteran that wants to use his veteran nature – put it this way, understands that their role on the team is to be a mentor. Being a veteran for the sake of being a veteran doesn't really provide any value. I don't want to pay somebody money to come in here because they're old. I want you to come in here for the specific job of being a coach and being a leader and teaching people how specifically trying to train and mentor people and understanding that. remember Rogers made a comment about Sammy Watkins uh, a while back about, um, being impressed about the fact that he understands his role on the team. In other words, like, you know that you didn't necessarily come here to be like this be-all, number-one, elite, dominant receiver type of... Like, you have you were here, you were brought in for a specific, limited reason, and you're totally cool with that, and I respect that you understand that. And I think that's the mentality we would need to have about a veteran coming in. If I'm giving you this money, I need you to understand that you're taking this money understanding full well that although it's great if you can catch a couple passes, understand that your number one role, because I can get young guys um, to catch passes that are faster and you know younger and whatnot, your role is to do X, Y, and Z to help these guys. That's your, your primary reason for bringing you as opposed to these four or five other much better suited receivers or offensive linemen or whatever. We're young and we need you to be that veteran leader in the locker room, you know, to to sh- kind of help shore up our locker room or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think I'm all for it so long as they actually fulfill that role. And it's not just you're old for the sake of being old.
2: All right. You're, uh, you gave me an idea, Ryan, for money making. Sweet. You know, you're always on the money making train. I'm I'm down with that, too. Yeah. What you do, you go buy maybe before an hour before the draft or tomorrow. It doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. And you get a pool, you go live, and you have backflips for Bijan. And everybody's got to call in, You get on the live stream, and donate, let's say, uh, five bucks a backflip. I think you could you could make some money that way, raise awareness for Bijan.
4: Dude, I love this, but are you freaking advocating for me doing a backflip? Or is this just like a name? Do you have... Okay, let's just go on. You
2: know, your, your draft crush. Yes. And, you know, hey, you know Promote the PacNet podcast to make some dough. How about it? Backflips for Bijan, live stream, in Pool. I want that
4: now. Dude, how funny would it be if we did like a telethon or something just completely stupid? If we tried to get the the video with a little like of uh, an effect on it to make it look like a 1990s thing. And it's like a telethon. We get some, I'll put my kids behind me with a little desk and some, like, telephones, and I'll just tell them, like, just pick up the telephone and, like, pretend people are calling in and donating money to the telethon because we're raising awareness for (laughs) Bijan. I think that'd be freaking hilarious. And we could just do, like, an all-day telethon, and we'll have an actual ticker for donations because you can, you know, you can do that. As donations come in, the ticker will come out. I could actually do... That would be freaking hilarious. Have my two-year-old with a little toy phone, I think that'd be awesome. I cannot do a backflip, Nico. I, I I don't know who you think you've been listening to this whole time, and I am really sorry to disappoint you, and I'm sorry if I have misled this entire audience um, to believe that I can do a backflip. And I understand that that may just be somewhat of a metaphorical, like we're excited, but I just I just need everybody to understand. Um, I can't do a backflip <laughs> just in case. Like, I'm, I, if, if you're thinking, like, hey, here's an idea. Every $10, I'll do a back. No, like, no. If you want me to eat, like, a shot of hot sauce or something stupid, dude, I'm down. Like, I'll do that. Some habanero, some ghost pepper. Like, I'll punish my body for money. No question. Backflips, though? No. No. I will break my computer and half of the bones in my body on my first attempt. So, that will ruin the feed and my life. Uh, Packer superfan, what's going on, brother?
1: Good morning, Boston. A.K.A. Packer superfan. What's up, Good man? I've been uh, listening to your mock draft this morning. Um,
4: Hope uh, I didn't what disappoint you.
1: Way you're thinking as far as uh, pass rush. Certainly, they need pass rush. I don't think there's any question about that cause we know Gary's not going to be back right away at the beginning of the year. And uh, all all they really have is Preston Smith. I mean, I think Barre, yes, I I think he's got some potential, but they just don't have the numbers there. So I certainly like that pick, but here's my problem with taking defense. Yeah. Who's our defensive coordinator?
4: (laughs) Fair enough. Right? (laughs) I get it. Joe (laughs) Barry.
1: So what are we doing taking defensive players for Joe Barry? Fair enough. This defense is not going to do much until Joe Barry has gone. So what's the point in taking a bunch of players for Joe Barry to do absolutely nothing with them? Um, And, you know, you you look at the offense, and I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, we're probably pretty set at offensive line. Um, And then wide receiver, okay, yeah, you could add another piece there, I suppose. Um, You know, a tight end certainly, but I don't think there's any, you know, other than maybe Mayer, there's really nobody else you're going to take in the first round. How about we just, how about, how about this? How about we go get the best player in the draft? Yeah. Because the best player in the draft most likely is going to be available. Yep. And that's Dijon yep. Robinson.
4: I get it, Let's man. Let's
1: just go get the best player. Oh, Let's go you get guys. That freak. Let's go get that Christian McCaffrey. Let's go get that Justin Jefferson. Let's be that team this year that gets the best player in the draft. And, and as far as. Are you know as far as Jones goes and Dylan go, let the chips fall where they may. Um, We're
4: doing this, aren't we? I
1: mean, you know, Jones is obviously getting there, up there in age. You know, we got the issue with his contract. Yep. Um, you know, they can't really play him constant. You know, all the time. You know, they, they they stay away from him because they know he's going to get dinged up uh, late in the season. Uh, Dylan just hasn't been the guy we thought he was going to be, and. You know, as much, and I love AJ Dillon, and I I love his play style, but you know, he's just not that dynamic running back. Let's go get the best player in the draft. Let's beat that team this year. Let's go get Bijan. Um, you know, look what the Minnesota did with Justin Jefferson. I just think that you know, you just got to go get that guy once in a while. on Offense, <clears throat> this offense needs weapons, and you know, yes, we've got some young. Potential weapons at wide receiver, but we have no tight ends, no weapons at tight end. Um, you know, and again, the running backs are what they are. You know, I just think that we need weapons on this team.
4: Um, yeah, I, I just I feel like we're uh, we're gonna have to do this telethon. I feel like we're we're kind of and and you know what? It's funny that you bring that up because I I had come to that conclusion a while ago, and I feel like a lot of people had, and I guess I just kind of forgot about it. If we've already loaded all the defensive pieces that we possibly can, and you can't do anything with these guys, then I guess shove it, right? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if, if whether Rodgers comes back or if it's Jordan Love, the new philosophy is we're going to load up, we're going back to 2011 Green Bay Packers, and if we have a bottom five defense with all these elite pieces, then so be it. Then at least we know Joe Barry is a piece of garbage and he can go bye-bye. And if he can give us a top ten defense with these top pieces that we do have um then great then it was a good decision to go all in on offense but again mike and i i I am always amazed how every single time you guys call in i swear you guys coordinate your calls um you're right It, it it does make sense to a point take the best player available and and if bijan is available there's almost no doubt in my mind he is the best player now is that the best decision to make i don't know but it's hard to fault a team for saying this is the best football player that is here potentially the best football player in the entire draft and he's here for us to take why would you not do it i i mean no matter what the argument against that could be at least that logic up to that point is sound so i can't be mad at uh at at least coming that far with you
6: Hey Ryan,
7: it's Nate. Um, just wanted to call in and clarify the whole racism thing. Uh, I I only mention that because I am from a small town in northern Wisconsin, um, very heavily native up there. Uh, it's like right next to the reservation, and I had a, a, a few native friends, and I, I can tell you they do not uh, like the Chiefs. They hated the um, the Redskins name, but that's because the Redskins name comes from a I mean, if you if you look up where that name came from, it's a very, very dark piece of American history um that does not paint uh certain people in great lights. I mean, I
4: know how some people used it, but I don't think that's how they devised the name. Like they were sitting around in a room like, let's just come up with this racist name and be funny. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is what they did. They're like, we're not gonna come up with like this awesome name that denotes Native American warriors we're going to come up with a racist name. I don't know. Maybe that's what they did. That's weird to me, but they might have done that.
7: Um, but uh yeah, they, they don't care for the chief either. Um I I used to work with uh used to work with the girl who um said that she didn't so much care about the chief's name, um but it was the war chant that really gets them because that is um it's kind of like their their thing. Here's the thing. I'll be honest. I've I've recorded
4: my response to this like seven times and then deleted it. And I came to the conclusion that what I don't want is to turn this into kind of like the whole tipping thing where I go on a diatribe about tipping and then every other call becomes about their personal opinion on tipping. And so um, in, in an effort to not kind of go all in on, what you're saying again, and then have everybody else call in and talk about their thoughts on it, etc., etc. Here's what I'll say clearly, I don't agree with the idea of what's being espoused. I think it's generally a good thing when people that create things share those things that they create, which is generally what creators do. For example, I think it's a good thing that Henry Ford didn't create the car and then have an attitude about women and minorities deciding that they wanted to drive. You know what I mean? I also especially find it interesting when people that didn't even create those things try to take ownership of those things based on racial lines and then create fake rules and say pretty racist stuff like, because you're the wrong skin color or the wrong gender, you're not allowed to participate. That's kind of where I fall on this. And I know it's like the new cool thing and everybody just seems to think that it's completely fine, but I don't but obviously although this uh viewpoint popped up in like the last five seconds um, I'm already in the minority because you know that's just how the world works when there's a new thought that comes up out of nowhere well by nowhere I mean academia but uh, some new made up idea comes up then everybody just goes oh okay that's what reality is and then we're all just supposed to accept it so that's fine I don't mind being in the minority it's just how things go
7: sometimes and uh and seeing a bunch of white people do it is quote unquote cultural appropriation yeah um and that's whether you agree or disagree with that that's like your your whole own thing um or anybody listening if you if you disagree with that that's fine i'm just letting you know what um a lot of the tribes feel at least in this area um and then as for rooting for the chiefs in the super bowl i i think you should Um, also because, uh, I mean, MVS is in the Super Bowl, and then we can just claim that we trained him up and the only reason that he was, uh, so elite and got them to that next level was because he was a former Packer. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Go Pack Go. Yeah. I think I'm,
4: I don't know, man. I, uh, I have such a hard time just getting the words out. I think I'm going to Root. For the Chiefs, um, I don't want to, but I fully acknowledge it's me being petty. Look, I, I think the Chiefs have earned it. I think they deserve it. Uh, and, and and you know, not that the Eagles necessarily haven't, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I I I probably shouldn't encourage Eagles fans to have nice things because, <laughs> although I'm sure there's some nice Eagles fans, you know, they have a reputation that isn't just made up out of thin air. Uh, As far as the MVS thing, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the dude, but even his most recent comment, which I know I'm taking out of context, and this is not what he said or how he meant it, but it's how I took it, and it just added to the whole, like, nope, I know, I can't root for the Chiefs. He made a comment that was something to the effect of, he went to the Chiefs because he wanted to actually win a Super Bowl. Now, I know that it's entirely possible that he's saying, well now that I'm a free agent, I wanted to go to a team that was going to win the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs clearly are one of those teams, and you, you know, clearly could have said that, well, the Packers were also one of those teams, you know, maybe, possibly, that that's what he meant, but since the Packers weren't an option, he went somewhere else, but he went on to even mention, like, you know, I've been to the NFC North Championship, and I needed to get over the hump, or whatever, it just kind of felt like, you know, The Packers weren't good enough, and I wanted to go somewhere where they actually go to Super Bowls. And it's like, you know, man, I get it, and it's more of a, you're right, but ouch and damn, dude. But um, it still just rubs you the wrong way as a Packer fan. It doesn't matter that you're right. It still sucks, and I don't want to hear it, and now I don't want you to win. So I don't know, man. I... I, um, I think what I need to do is to just sit back and watch a football game and uh, eat a couple steaks with my kid. I'm trying to actually figure out if I should get some fillets because we usually get New York strips and um, lately been getting uh, ribeyes, but I grew up thinking fillet was the best cut, and I actually really like fillet. I know that's, you know, in in the steak community, it's like, well, that's an overrated cut, blah, blah, blah. doesn't actually have enough flavor, and it's like, I don't know, dude. Growing up, that was my jam. Filet mignon, I was misguided in believing that was the premium cut, like doesn't get any better. And so I fell in love with it. I love it. And so I think I need to uh, enrich my kids in what it's like to have a filet. And we could just each get our own, you know, rather than like splitting up pieces of strip and ribeye and what I'm sharing. It's like, no, dude, here is a hunk of unbelievably tender, delicious steak. And it is yours to consume at your pleasure. But it's also a little dainty for a football game, you know what I mean? Be nice to get a just a big old hunk of meat. I mean, I guess it doesn't just have to be that, but I'm trying to think what else we would have with it. It's kinda of weird to be like, you want s- steak and Doritos? But then again, I can do whatever I want, dude. I don't know. I guess calling let me know. But yeah, Nate, I'm uh I'm I'm I I just I can't I'm I'm trying to say the words, I'm with you. I'm just gonna root for the Chiefs, but I can't. I'm I don't want them to win, but I don't want the Eagles to win either. And so I guess I just don't care. And I think it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to say intellectually that I want the Chiefs to win, but I know if the Eagles do good, I'm going to start cheering for them because at the end of the day, this football thing is a heart thing, you know? And I think think genuinely my heart would prefer the Eagles. And so I'm going to say that I want the Chiefs to win. This happens all the time, by the way. Like it'll be one of those games where we need the Bears to win a game. And I'll tell my son that, and he's like, okay, we're going to root for the bear. And then I start cheering for the other team, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't help it. I just keep forgetting. Can't do it. Can't do it. After the game's over, I will intellectualize the situation. But as of right now, my heart says I don't like them, and I don't want good things for them. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm not going to root. I'm just going to watch. It's just a show. That's all. It's like I, I just started The Watcher. I wasn't really sure what to watch, and this thing is down there. It sounded interesting. It is kind of interesting. But I don't know who the bad guys are. So I'm not really rooting for any of them. The main character might even be the bad guy. I don't know. That was a theory for a while. I think we've learned that that's not true. But this thing is such a, like, every second it's like, wait, maybe it is. No, maybe it's not. Oh, it is. No, no, it's not. Oh, it is. Just constant. Just mind thing. That's the thing. I don't have to root. I can just sit and watch and go, oh, interesting. Anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break, right, Shia? Uh, I want to give a shout out to Peter Thomas. Thank you so much for your donation. Sorry, I'm a couple days late. I just didn't notice it in uh, the old emails there. But I really, really do appreciate your support over all these years, and and means a lot. Also, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you want to support the podcast, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry at fertilegroundranch.org. If you want to learn more about what they do, um, please visit them. See if that's something you'd be interested in. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
6: Hey Ryan, this is Bob, the bus driver.
4: <laughs> I shouldn't have played it, but I had to play it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, trucker Bob.
6: Hey Ryan, this is truck driver Bob here. Hey, We're driving around bus Idaho. Driver Bob. We've had a lot of snow, and it's really beautiful seeing the snow and the nice. on the trees and the mountains. I'm sad driving you're not in Florida. The valleys and going over the mountain
4: But I'm happy you're happy.
6: it's a beautiful drive and enjoying my time out here in the truck. Anyways, I had a question.
4: By the way, before you get into your question, um, I had a coworker that was a truck driver, and he would always talk so glowingly about being a truck driver. And um, I remember always thinking like, hey, when you retire, you got to get you a truck. And I think he did. I'm not positive. I feel like he got a truck and him and his wife just drive around. And I'm not going to lie. It does sound kind of cool. For especially if you're into traveling or whatever, I wouldn't want to drive a truck. That's my thing. I just, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be my anxiety would be through the roof, like trying to merge. Well, I guess you don't have to have this twenty foot long trailer on it to drive it around, but that, that just that thought of having that career as cool as it could potentially be, um, I'm, I'm driving on there like, dude, I'm gonna kill somebody right now. Like, I, I know I can't trust you people to see me and get out of my way, and I can't really maneuver this thing. You know what I mean? So I just constantly feel like I'm going to kill somebody. And then, you know, the wind blows and this thing's going to go sailing down the ditch or something. I don't know. I give you credit for being able to do that, but um, it does sound like a pretty dope job.
6: For you, I read about how Tom Brady is being asked to come back and sign a one-day contract so he can retire as a patriot. And my question is this. Since he's signing a contract, how much do they get paid for a one-day contract? Is it like 1-365th of a uh, veteran's deal? I'm just curious. How much do they pay these guys through these one-day contracts so they can retire with their team? Just curious. Have a good one.
4: Well, that's a a good question. I guess I always assumed um, that it was – kind of ceremonial and there was no money ati- tied to it. It was just kind of a, uh, what would you call it? It's sort of a built-in mechanism that teams have, some kind of legal loophole to be able to get them on and not really cost anything. However, in my very minimalist effort to give you an answer beyond just how I feel, uh, I did find an article here. It's from deadspin.com in 2011. It says, Fred Taylor retires a Jaguar, but how much does his one-day contract pay? Kind of skipping, skipping, skipping here. Talks about some stuff here. But then it says, in essence, is the contract a real contract? And it says, absolutely, says Jaguar's manager of communication, Ryan Robinson, who walked us through it. The media may refer to it as ceremonial, but for all legal and labor purposes, it's an actual contract that is identical to the one given to anyone else on the roster. Taylor has to sign it or it will not be valid. A copy will have to be faxed, excuse me, to the league office in New York or it will not be valid. The Jaguars have to have a free roster spot to use it on Taylor. Currently, they're full up, so someone got cut. That's interesting. When Taylor's deal expires tonight at midnight, they could reinstate the cut player, but that's unlikely since they have to get down to fit. Blah, blah. That's irrelevant. And then it says, but what of compensation? Taylor, with more than 10 years of service, is entitled to a minimum salary of $910,000. As a normal NFL contract, that's the amount that will presumably be on Taylor's one-year deal, or a prorated amount. So I'll just stop reading there. I, I don't know exactly how this works, but if it is prorated, it sounds like you would get the vet minimum contract, and then it would probably be prorated down to one day. So I don't know how they divvy these things up, but if it's a million dollars divided by three sixty five, I don't know. So what would that be? One divided by three sixty five. It's well, yeah. That's it's twenty seven hundred dollars. And, and again, I I don't know if that's exactly how that works or not. And I don't know what the vet minimum is these days. That was over ten years. So, if that is how that works, and I'm not entirely sure, then it basically is ceremonial. If if it would almost be insulting, like, "Hey, Rogers, here's two grand (laughs) and a contract," but um, I could be wrong. Maybe they get the full million bucks. I don't know. Hey, Ryan,
6: Um,
4: just been thinking uh,
5: and pondering about how the very moment that Rogers and Cobb walked down that tunnel. That the media, uh, the news, the fans, podcasters of all speculated what was going to be the next move for Rogers, and I just wonder, after it has nearly been you know several weeks now, that he has had to see the feedback and all of the people requesting you know see him get traded, fans, you know media speculating where he might get traded and uh, just the constant barrage of uh, stuff that I'm sure he's hearing from somebody. I just wonder how much this is actually having an effect on his decision of what he wants to do. Um, I know that he probably, before even going into that last game, he had to have some thought in the back of his mind thinking, could this be my last game here at Lambeau? You know, that I'm sure that those thoughts crossed his mind, but I'm just wondering how much all of this inundated information that's being speculated out there uh, is starting to have some permeation into his decision, um, or whether it may maybe making the decision even easier for him just to transition, thinking, you know what, maybe it would be better if I went to another team and uh, instead of finishing out his career as a Packer. So I'm just wondering just, you know, It's kind of one of those things where it wears you down like your wife is asking you the same thing over and over and over again (laughs) uh, until she wears you down and gets you to uh, change your mind and and cave in to her request. I don't know what that is. I just kind of wonder just how much does it take before a player begins to have that wear on them and and maybe uh, cause a decision to be changed, uh, whether it be him retiring or going to another team or just the situations of all the free agency and all the quarterbacks going around to the new teams. Um, I just, I just wonder what, what's going through his head. Not that I really want to know what's going through his head. It just, you just have to wonder just how much this is beginning to uh, take its toll on him. I'm out.
4: Yeah, I hadn't really considered that, but that does make sense. I mean, my, my first thought was now he'll, I mean, literally, he's going to tune out the noise. He's going into a four-day darkness retreat to kind of clear his mind. But the point is, this is a variable, you know? And interestingly enough, some people that don't want him here can actually probably influence his opinion a little bit, even a rational opinion, by ratcheting up the noise. Um, because, again, he has to weigh, how much do I want to play Minus how much do I want to be retired? Minus how much do I really hate dealing with, A, the actual grind of football, and B, the nonsense that comes along with being an NFL quarterback, i.e. the fans and the media giving me crap all the time. Um, and I don't know how much of a factor that is and how much that bothers him, but he does seem to be sort of a... uh despite going on these platforms, which I think is more or less to be able to kind of set the record straight from his perspective. uh, He does seem to like being more of a secluded person. So um, I think by ratcheting up the noise, especially the negative noise, you can probably push him slightly in the direction of, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, There's also things like creating fake narratives, like the Packers are having conversations with the Jets and then when that information reaches Aaron Rodgers' ears, you sow discord with the team and everything else, um, even though none of that is actually accurate. So, yeah, there there probably are um, variables at play in regards to how loud and how obnoxious this whole thing is, um, even with the retreat. I mean, the amount of heat that he's getting, which I think is is kind of stupid. Um, of all the things that Rodgers does that's really weird. I don't think this is actually that weird. The four-day darkness. I mean, I know it's weird to people that can't spend 15 minutes or 15 seconds without staring at their Twitter feeds, but um, to assume that he's the one with the problem as opposed to the people that are addicted to technology is a little bit weird. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of wired in such a way that I like challenges, especially if I think it's going to be good for me. And teaches you about yourself, but also just about to have the discipline and self-control is important. Um, Just recently, because I thought it would be something to do, I decided to fast. I've never done it before. I'm like, I'm just not going to eat. And then I decided the next day, I'm just going to not do it again today. thought about doing it on a third day, but I was like, no, I probably, like, it's getting a little crazy Um, because I really wasn't hungry and I didn't feel determined to eat at all. But I was like, no, you need to kind of force yourself to do it because it's I, I don't know the health behind this, and it's probably getting into da- dangerous territory. you got to eat something. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if you go three days. But I just did it because I wanted to do something hardcore and crazy. And that seemed hard, and it's one of those things that people probably tell you, no, you shouldn't or whatever. And I'm like, well, no, then that's exactly why I should do it. I like doing that stuff. Um, I'm not wired the way Rogers is, but at least there's there's kind of an understanding. So I, w- when I heard him do that, I'm I'm thinking, could I do it? that was sort of my thought from, from a, uh, discipline standpoint, from a toughness standpoint, could I actually do it? And I don't know if I could, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I've thought about things like, um, SEAL training. It's like, I don't, I'm, I'm 95% sure I couldn't do it. I mean, leave aside the physical thing. Let's say I got in physical enough shape because it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Do I have the, the mental toughness to endure that? And I'm pretty sure I don't, but Um, yeah, again, of all the weird things Rogers does, that one's not that big of a deal to me, but anyways, everybody wants to make a big deal, but again, that's, that's, it's one of those things where he's just getting beaten down about it. And he even made a post, you know, Mitchell Schwartz made fun of him, basically calling him a whack job, you know, respected NFL football player. And he basically said, you know, try not to be so judgmental just in general, and I read the comments, and it's all just people being hateful and judgmental, the entire thing. And you you look at it, and it just makes you weep for humanity, you know? I mean, Rogers isn't doing anything wrong. He's not hurting anybody. And you can just see how much people are seething. You know, you're a liar. You lied about the vaccine, which at this point, who gives a crap about that? You know, we're just making fun of him because of this. We're making fun of him because of something else. It's like, you know, I, I, I you, you get to a point where the people that are criticizing somebody for being stupid are much worse than the person who's being stupid. You know what I mean? And that, that happens all the time. I'll see things, and I remember, you know, politically you'll see this where it's like, dude, that's kind of messed up. And then you see the reaction to that, and it's like, that's actually significantly more messed up. And social media is a great place for that. Somebody will say something like, hey, man, that's not right. And then you look at the reaction like, well, that's way worse. How many times have we seen somebody... Make a mistake and then they'll show their inbox and it's nothing but death threat. Not only wanting them to die, but their family to die and all this stuff. And it's like, what? What is wrong with human beings, man? It's just sickening. I mean, I don't understand going much beyond like, huh, Rogers, that dude's so freaking weird. He actually believes that stuff? That's crazy. Eh, whatever. But to be so seethingly angry, to hate him. Why would you hate him? I don't get it. But again, from his standpoint, yeah, it probably does weigh on you. I mean, it it weighs on me just reading the comments, just realizing that this is who people are. But imagine being the recipient of that, of, of putting out a heartfelt message, just telling people to be more open-minded and not so judgmental. And people are just seething and angry. And I, I'm sorry, if I'm Rogers, I'm looking at those comments and I'm just like, you know what, dude, F you, I'm rich. I'm going to go be rich while you live in your miserable lives in your mommy's basement, just hating people. I'm going to be on a private jet going wherever I want, and I'm going to live my life, my weird, funky, crazy, whacked-out life, doing weird, crazy, whacked-out stuff. And I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm not going to just hate random people because I'm an angry person. He should. Like I said, he's a better golfer anyways. I don't mean better in terms of talent. I just mean it's how he's wired. He's a, he's a loner. Golf is his is thing. But, yeah, I get your point, and I agree that it probably does have an impact. And it's interesting that the people who really want him going probably have some sway on this situation. And if I may finish that thought, um, I really,
5: really am kind of torn about seeing him play for another team. Because I'm old enough to remember when Joe Montana played for Kansas City and how strange that all seemed. And players like Dennis Smith playing for the Phoenix Cardinals. uh Jerry Rice playing for, you know, however many teams he played for. The Raiders, Seattle, Seahawks, you name it. Guys are just holding on way too long. And I still think Rodgers has some in the tank. It just... It's just really weird seeing, you know, these superimposed images of him wearing a Jets uniform or wearing a Raiders jersey. It just never dreamed, never dreamed that this would come to this point when, uh, when his career was going to be over. So I don't know. It just, uh, I'm ready for this all to be over with and just pull the band-aid off and let's just move on. like the, How surprising the Devontae Adams thing was. This is almost, uh, I know it's going to be one of those days where you remember for a long time, the day you hear that Rogers was traded. So, I'm out.
4: Yeah, I think um, um, I'm a little less sentimental than I used to be. Um, I remember when, like, Jordy left, I just thought, like, I don't know, the The, the Packers are going to fold. Or like when Brett Favre left, it's like, th- this isn't even the Packers. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I think partially because I've had a long time to uh, make peace with Rodgers leaving and partially because I'm just grown to be less sentimental about things. I mean, granted, in, in a vacuum, do I want to see Rodgers play somewhere else? Absolutely not. I would absolutely love it If, you know, they they showed a story recently with Donald Driver, where he said when he retired, he had a lot of former Packer players and stuff reach out and say, hey, come play with me out here, come play with me out here. And um, he said, I made a promise to the fans that I would never wear another jersey. You know, I mean, it would be great to have that kind of a sentiment from Aaron Rodgers to say, I'm sorry, but I would never, uh, I love this organization too much and I love these fans too much and I would just, I would never... Play for another team that would be awesome to be able to hear that. however, in a slightly less sentimental sense, yes, it would be a short-term suck to see Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else, but we're talking about a long-term investment with other players now listen if, if this is a small investment, if we're talking about a trade being you know again on, on the low end, let's say it's like a conditional second round pick that doesn't become anything other than a, a 2024 second round pick it it moves the needle a little bit. What if Aaron Rodgers goes to, let's just say the Jets. I know people get upset about it or whatever. What It doesn't matter. Let's just say he goes to a team and he wins a Super Bowl. Would it be worth a second-round pick to have to see that, or would it be better if he just retired a Green Bay Packer? I don't know. But generally speaking, I just want what's best for the team. And um, him winning a Super Bowl, some other team, doesn't actually hurt us, assuming it's not us that he knocks out of the Super Bowl. That would obviously be a problem, but I doubt that would be the case. And so again, it, it's just it's sort of a emotional reaction that I don't want to see Roger somewhere else and I don't want to see him, you know, helping somebody else succeed and all that. But I think what we should or what, what I'm more focused on is helping the team. And if we could get a Christian Watson, Devontae Adams, Elton Jenkins type of player in the second round, even if that's all it is, would you turn that down just so that he doesn't go somewhere else for one year? Probably shouldn't.
0: When I was uh, sitting there listening to your uh, your show, and your the end of the last uh, packer night after dark, and you're going on about the the whole racist thing with the Redskins. I'm I'm a little bit back and forth on it because you know if the Redskins thing's racist, then I do think the Chiefs thing should be racist. If one is, then the other should be.
4: Well, I put them in different categories. If what we're saying is that Redskin is a derogatory term, fine. But it's not that. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, again, they're different categories to me. Um, one is we shouldn't have racist names that are propped up by a sports team. The other is we should segregate based on race and not allow anybody to touch anything that's anybody else's. So they're, they're vastly different viewpoints. And it's a line that I definitely don't want to cross is where I'm coming from on this.
0: Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I have, I, you know, living here in Alaska, I live in a native community and I got a friend who's a, who's a Redskins fan, who's a native American, who's been pretty pissed that they've taken his Redskins away from him because that's, he's a Redskin. Well,
4: and that's the other side of that story too, is I think too many people pretend that the term Redskin is only a racist term and it's not, it's, it's a term that is, used by Native Americans for themselves. And I think that was the reason for the name being what it was. The fact that some people took that and used it to turn it into a derogatory term is a separate thing, and then how we should handle that is is whatever. But to be very clear, it's not just a derogatory term.
0: Native, he, uh, you know, he identified with that. That's part of the reason why he picked that team. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and
0: my other thing is... You know, when you look at something like Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, it's, it's a little just off leprechaun that wants to get in a fight. Let's assume that he's Irish, and let's assume that he's drunk. So why is that okay? How come the Fighting Irish is okay, but the Redskins aren't? You know, the Seminoles don't have to change. The Chiefs don't have to change. And, again, the war chant, I, I, I agree a little bit. You know, if the if, if Redskins aren't okay to do, then you can't be up there cheering that way I know it's silly, it's stupid, but it's part of the world that we live in now. Everybody gets upset about everything. You know, you, you can't do anything. Cultural appropriation, it, it's, it's dumb. We're, we're a melting pot country with, you know, dozens and dozens of different types of, you know, cultural identities in the country, but nobody can, like, act like there's somebody else. You, you can't dress up like an Indian for Halloween because somehow it's racist. You know, it, it's all dumb. You know, I, I appreciate your outlook on it, and and I agree with you totally. Even though there's sometimes I look at it and say, "Yep, I I get what they're saying." And if that's where we're going to go, then we have to go that way with everybody, and it can't be picking and choosing.
3: But yeah, well, and
4: that's why I don't want to, right? Because you do have to follow its logical conclusion. We can't just pretend that we're only going to halfway follow its logical conclusion. Right? If this is what we believe as a viewpoint then this is what's going to be exercised. We can't just assume that everybody's going to be completely Because here's what happens. We say that based on this reality, we should make this go away, but we're not going to like extend that out to anything else, even though that is the next logical conclusion. Because you know what's going to happen? That viewpoint is going to be adopted by young people. They're going to learn that in college. They're going to come out of college, and they're going to not realizing that this viewpoint cropped up five seconds ago. And they're not going to abide by this little... Agreement that we have to not extend this viewpoint to its logical conclusion because they're going to say, why wouldn't we? And that's true. Why wouldn't we? Well, it's because the the viewpoint is incorrect and we should nip it in the bud when it first uh, rears its head as opposed to saying, okay, let's just throw them a bone here and say, okay, you can take away that one thing but nothing else as long as you promise. And they say, oh, we promise. No, that's not how that works.
0: I, I do think it's stupid. You know, I don't mind the war chant. I don't like this whole thing because it's, it's you know, it's the Vikings... <laughs> so, I like, never liked that the little girly curly lock hair but yeah man I just, I just wanted to mesh in with that because I, I think the whole thing's just gotten overblown and has gotten ridiculous I think really it's just an attack against their owner for that team and nobody likes him but anyway man I'm going back to work I'll talk to you later
4: yeah and, and again there's nothing wrong with disliking the owner of the Redskins franchise because the guy's a dirtball um and again, I, I think the Redskins thing was at least misunderstood. And I feel like if the conversation had been centered properly, as opposed to just screaming racist, 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 and saying, listen, okay, it was never intended to be racist. It wasn't racist when it was adopted. Um, but, you know, times have changed. And at this point, you know what, and just have a rational discussion. I think it would have been a little bit more, people would be much more open to it as opposed to it being just a, a battlefield. Um but we're not allowed to have just normal, rational conversations. But again, now we're following that worldview out to its logical conclusion. And now we have to take, you know, um, Mrs. Butterworth off the shelves and pretty much anything that is, that is any kind of cultural thing needs to be erased. And um, I just, I, I'm not going to say I feel, I know that this is a bad idea. Ironically enough, you know who agrees with this? The people who have a viewpoint that this land is for white people, and they don't want to share it with other people. They are entirely on board with the idea that we should separate. I don't agree with any of it. I think if we are going to be a multicultural country, we have to learn to share our toys. Which is ironic, because we don't actually own any of these toys anyways. I don't get to lay, you know, my ancestors are, to a small degree, Norwegian. I have zero ownership over anything Nordic. I can't dictate to anybody what they are or aren't allowed to do. If a guy from Zambia wants to put on a Viking helmet, there's nothing I can say to him about it because I don't own that. I don't have the right. And pretending that I do is such a warped perception of reality. And again, why would I want to take that away from him? If he wants to run around and do the skull chant, what is it in me that makes me want to deprive him of that, you know, 10 seconds of goofy joy what is it what is it honestly that makes me angry about it call me weird but I don't have the desire to sit in the uh McDonald's drive-through lane uh, lane and smack a 20-piece nugget out of a Mexican family's hands you know I see that I'm like dude yeah nuggies right so good <laughs> his family and my family came from very different places and you know what in 2023 His great-grandpa's great-grandson and my great-grandpa's grandson are sitting in McDonald's, eating some nugs, looking over at each other, going, yeah, dude, right? yeah. That's a good thing. I can't imagine walking into an Italian restaurant and seeing an Asian family and just seething. Ugh. Ugh. What are they doing here? I mean, uh, am I crazy? That this is not the right thing? Or maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not, but maybe all right mike get us out of here
1: good morning ryan mike Ebring. aka packer superfan hey ryan um going on just want to listen to your pod this morning talk a little bit about um, what you think potentially uh rogers trade value is
4: all over the
0: place i
1: tend to agree with you i think that i think that people have uh way overvalued what rogers is actually worth I mean, you look at last year. If they would have traded him, I agree. They probably could have got a boatload of picks from him. You know, something probably very similar to what uh, you know Denver had to give up to get Russell Wilson. But not this year. Not after how Rogers played last year. I think the, you know, again, it only takes one crazy team. I get that. Yeah. But I don't see. I don't see Rogers' uh, value being very high at all. Um, my prediction is is that he is going to come back and play this year. And when he makes that decision, the Packers are going to be at a crossroads and they're going to have to decide what to do. And I think ultimately what's going to come down to is he's going to be back with the Packers because the Packers will not be able to get anything close to what some are predicting right now. There's no way the Packers are going to get two first-round picks and a player for Aaron Rodgers. That is not happening. I don't think, I, I think there's just a lot of things. Number one, he's 39 years old. Number two, he's coming off an awful year. Number three, you know, he's going to spend four days in a dark room somewhere. I mean, I think people just are over it. I think the league's <laughs> over Rodgers. I don't think, I think people see him for what he is. Um, Nobody's going to spend $60 million, uh, on a one-year rental. I just don't think he's worth much. Um, so ultimately, I think what's going to happen is they're going to explore, ex- the Packers are going to explore some trade options and they're going to see that he's not worth anything. They're not going to be able to get much for him. And he's just going to end up in back in Green Bay. That's my prediction. And, you know, it sucks. It's the last thing in the world. Did this now? They've got this opatros that you know they can't get rid of, and uh, you know it's it's, uh, it's going to be a long time before they get this this price.
4: Sounds like Mike's getting mugged. Um, so, first of all, I I do think even if the value's low, if Rodgers says, I want to be traded, that they'll work something out. Even if it's a, you know, if it was, and it won't be, but if it was a conditional twenty twenty five seventh, they would just do it because that's sort of the agreement that they've come to is that if they decide, if Rodgers says, I'd like to be traded, that they will honor that and they'll figure something out and they'll work out a trade somewhere. Um, now the caveat being, if, if there's just really no options, if the only team, for example, were the 49ers, um, then the Packers would be like, sorry, dude, we couldn't work anything out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I to, to your point about the value, I was just perusing through the YouTubes. I haven't watched the video yet, but um, I'll get to it. We'll probably talk about it tomorrow on the podcast a little bit. But um, there's a video where somebody was talking about, you know, what if the Raiders gave up the number seven pick for Rodgers? Wouldn't that be crazy? Like if we're talking high-end value, well – If they really wanted a quarterback, why wouldn't they just use seven on a quarterback in this class? Even if you have to package another pick, why wouldn't you just go up and get C.J. Stroud rather than one year of Aaron Rodgers? What sense does that make? I mean, especially considering the, the Raiders having Rodgers for one year makes no sense. They're not a quarterback away from competing for anything. Their defense, aside from like Max Crosby and that's it, is pretty garbage. You know, they got a broke down Darren Wall, Offensive line isn't what it used to be. It's like Devontae, Rodgers, and really not a lot else. It's a stripped-down version of what the Packers used to be. Why would they do that? Even the Jets, like, if you're that desperate, get a rookie. Well, what if the rookie's a bust? Well, you know what I know for a fact? In in two years, Rodgers won't be your quarterback either. So that's guaranteed to be a bust long-term. So I think we got to look at it from that standpoint, too. It's not just, you know... What we're banking on is desperation. But if they're really desperate, how desperate are they going to be to do something in the draft? Now, the Jets might be a little bit too far away, and maybe they just aren't super big on it. Plus, they've already said they want a veteran and all that. I get that. So, so there's that, if Rogers even wants to go to the Jets and everything else. But um, that does become an issue, is when the price gets too high, we change. We pivot. That's the whole thing with, uh, you know, even in the economy. Look at, for example, gas prices. You know, we're never going to switch to alternative fuels until gas prices are are unmanageable, which is why some people want to artificially inflate it, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, you get to a point where there's a pit, right? I'm desperate, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. But when you push the price too high, I'm just going to go to something else. I'm going to find an alternative, or I'm just going to stop using it or something. I want a bike to work. But anyways, uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a... What is cocaine shark? What is going on on Twitter? You guys have yourselves a great night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.